Hello and welcome to The Fandamentalist, the fandom podcast investigating all aspects of geeky media. Oh no, this is all my fault. There's something else at the core of my unhappiness that, that I didn't realize. When did that become a bad thing? I'm not dead. It seems I'm the only one with a mind of my own. Go, go. I would not wish you back again. I am not going to dump another thousand-year-old complex on you or anybody else. Welcome to the I Disappoint Dad Club. The theme song you just heard is Good Riddance by R. Soner, available on the Free Music Archive. My name is Kylie, and here with me are Gretchen. Hello. And Julia. Hey. The three of us write for TheFundamentals.com, the website for fundamentally sound fandom analysis. And you can you can visit it and find out exactly what that means. <laughs> if you have visited us before and you have liked our content, then you might want to consider subscribing to Fundamentals Plus or FM Plus. There's a link on the homepage. And for just $3 a month or $30 a year, you get exclusive access to exclusive articles written exclusively for you by editors. There are also <laughs> exclusive editors. Fundamentals Plus. <laughs> we don't edit anything else, do we? We're exclusive. We're very ex- Well, I don't write anything else these days. <laughs> Unless it's Game of Thrones related, I guess. Uh, there's also podcasts. There's discounts on the store. There's in- information about live hangouts. We have, um, or like meetups is what I mean by that. Yep. There's also live hangouts that we do where you can ask us questions. We actually had a couple people join one of them the last couple times and, and mention things. And it was very exciting for us. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So definitely check it out. Uh, the, the money goes a long way to keeping the site sustainable for us, especially as we grow. And as we, your three fundamentalist hosts, have less and less time in life. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yes. So anyway, it's, it's been a while since we've uh, recorded a fundamentalist, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, it has. Like a month-ish? Yeah. That sounds yeah. about right. And in that time, Steven Universe came to a season end because why not yay and it's a, like it could have been a series end yeah it was quite an end it, it was, was an end quite a few things ends. were resolved <laughs> so we'll be talking about that in our second segment or our last segment it might be a third segment technically uh we'll also be talking about the new netflix reboot of carmen san diego which- and by you we mean like more than a month old <laughs> <laughs> Well, sure, but hey, give everyone time to watch those episodes. They're, you know, 20 minutes, so <laughs> takes a while. Yep. Uh, yep. And then our fun segment, uh, we got some more information about the Legend of Korra comics, Ruins of the Empire, and we're trying to predict exactly what it's going to be about, because part two's cover image and description is a little bit crazy sauce. So that's what our podcast is going to be today. But we've first got some fandom news to talk about. Fandom news. <laughs> the news I'm most excited about is Nai Guerrera is finally leaving The Walking Dead. Good the Walking her. Dead is still on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's in like a seventh or eighth season. You might know her as Okoye from uh, Black Panther as well. She's been like dragging that show along <laughs> for three years. <laughs> I don't she- like, I, I honestly had no idea point. that show was still on. There was this, like, guy who had, like, a tiger or something, and that was, like, the last I heard of that show, because people were <laughs> upset 
that these two characters were killed in a way that was unceremonious. And that was like a couple of years ago. So that was literally the last I heard of that show. Yeah. I've seen the trailers for the new season just because they're on when I'm watching other TV shows, and I have no idea what's happening. There's, like, some guy, like, sewing a mask out of human skin and putting it on, and I, I don't know what, I don't know why that's important or what it means, but that's apparently happening. Wee. I guess the dead are still walking, I'd have to assume. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, at one point did they just, like, kind of, like, disintegrate because of, like, fungus and stuff? One would think... Eventually they would, right? Yeah, they're rotting corpses. Eventually they're just going to break down. <laughs> well, and, okay, and, and, and like the, like the like if you haven't been bitten by one so far, you're probably pretty good at avoiding it. Yeah, like at this point. So like, there's probably not that many new walkers. Like, yeah, like wouldn't they just like disintegrate? At, like, shouldn't this show be over just because of that? Well, I mean, there's a lot you can do with like the society rebuilding itself. I guess I don't really know, but I don't know. They just mostly seem to have Ramsey clones running around. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, speaking of good actors, <laughs> Harry Lloyd was cast <laughs> as Professor X in the show Legion. Good, I'm glad he's working. I haven't yeah, watched Legion. I, th- I think he'd make a great Professor X. I agree. Yeah, yeah He's a like, really good actor. Like, he sold his scenes in the first in that first season. Like, <laughs> God, oh, yes. yeah. He was uh, the villain in the first season of Marcella. That was good, too. Oh. So, good for Spoiler. Him. It's really strange because my first experience with Harry Lloyd was on Game of Thrones. So yeah. when I saw the announcement and I was like, why is his hair brown and like dark brown? That's weird. He looks mm-hmm. weird. Right? Doesn't um, look like off. Right? It doesn't look right because I just like my impression of him is like he's got like platinum blonde hair. Yeah. And long Didn't and you see that web series where he was playing himself? But like King Jong-un was like following him on Twitter and it was like weird. I don't know. It was an extremely weird web series. That sounds Daisy very Williams odd. It. I did not yeah. see that. <laughs> uh, also, actually, this was not particularly weird. It was just unfortunate. Is that Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, by Ubisoft? It had a DLC that was recently released. And the thing about Assassin's Creed Odyssey is that it really emphasized you could pick whatever romance options you wanted. So it uh-huh. actually had space for like. A, a gay or lesbian character, uh, depending on if you played as the the man or the woman, and I'm pretty sure everyone plays as the woman anyway. I don't know anyone. I've never. <laughs> I like right. I like never see gift sets or images or no. anything with the dude. Yeah. Well, I, I think that might be because of our particular Tumblr bubble. Yeah, because true. apparently, people play like Mass Effects not as femship. What? Yeah. Hmm. Oh. Like, people play the male Shep. Well, they're getting a worse voice actor, if that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's but, true. like... You don't get better than Jennifer Hale. I, I've never seen anyone, like, in my experience, play not Femme Shep, so... Well, anyway, in the DLC pack for <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, it basically shoehorns you into having a baby with a man no matter what <laughs> your romance options have been. And yeah, I think that's it was a bit su- of a bug. It was supposed to be, like, you could choose whether it's for romantic options or utilitarian options, but they didn't like execute that well at all and it just ended up being this like weird hetero ending so they actually re-released uh part of it to make the dialogue a little more clear that that's the choice being made but that ending is still a foregone conclusion so a lot of people are just not going to be satisfied with it um so are you still like jumping all over buildings when you're pregnant uh that i can't attest to i mean she's like a greek god i think she's a greek god yeah I'm pretty sure. I mean, the 
The fact that the assassin's lineage continues kind of doesn't even make sense anymore because that had like been done away with in one of the assassin's creeds. It's hard to follow this canon. The point is, yeah. it's stupid and it was just shoehorning in compulsory heterosexuality once again. Not shocking for like video games, but very, very unfortunate. Right. Especially given how much emphasis they made on the original, on like, I guess the main storyline, like you can choose whatever you want, but you're going to end up straight anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and you kind of got the impression that like the the original writer like wasn't happy with this. Mm, yeah, I mean, I would imagine they yeah. wouldn't be. Anyway, speaking of things we're sure to not be happy with. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 don't say that. It's possible it'll be great. It'll sure. be so wonderful that it'll make up for the last seven years. Game of Thrones is coming <laughs> with its final season on April 14th. There will be six episodes. really soon. And if six episodes sounds short to you, don't worry. The first two are 60 minutes and the final four are 80 minutes each. Wow. It's so, gonna be a long. I wonder episode. how much standing in silence and I, then walking slowly to a chair there will be. Like, if anyone doesn't watch this show, I apologize. But the eighty and ninety minute episodes that Julie and I have been forced to sit through before have multiple been, like, times because of the way that the plot lines are it's, shaking it's out. It's like yeah. ninety seconds of someone walking across the screen. I wish we were exaggerating about that. It's, it's sixty-five it's seconds of someone opening a box. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, and then people just staring at each other in silence. That the white moon faces on is like one of the most painful scenes. Yeah, to that watch. was an extended length so episode, long. and like you would, you would think that they were like desperately trying to fill up the episode, but no, it's actually like a seventy minute episode. Eighty seven, eighty seven minutes, eighty seven. Really, Good gravy. oh wow. It's no, like absolutely it, like there's no reason that sees that episode couldn't have been standard length. Uh, now, if you don't want to wait till April 14th, apparently the se- all the scripts have leaked and they're as yep. plausible as the season seven leaks. Which all of like them? I thought nine- you just said the first two. No, there's a- all of them are up. Yeah. Oh my god. I have only read the first one and like bits of the the second. Just because I was, I I have such morbid curiosity to see what's happening. I'll, I'll get to it eventually before April, but I I not, haven't even finished reading today. Fire and Blood, dude. So. <laughs> yep, and yeah, it's 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 about season seven levels of yeah. like plausibility. Well, yeah. You're like, this is. I think if season seven hadn't come out, like if the leaks hadn't come out, and then they turned out to be true, then people could look at these and be like, I don't know about it. But when you Given what happened with the last season, like it's hard not to read these and be like, "Yep, this is probably probably right." <laughs> guys, like- guys, 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 guys! Remember how excited we were about boat sex? Oh my god! Season gosh. seven was like ninety five percent accurate. I think the only yeah. part that wasn't accurate was that um, Cersei had a miscarriage, and that didn't. Yeah, and happen. that really could have been a last minute decision to change. Yeah. Oh, that. totally. <laughs> I, I still don't really know why she's pregnant, but okay. Yeah, especially considering some of the things that. Gretchen told us before we started recording about what she read. So seeing yep. as it's two months away, Julia and I are going to try and get our ducks in a row as much as we can yep. so that um, we do a similar thing to last year where we're going to be live blogging the episode. Uh-huh. Someone who writes for us will be writing a review. We haven't really figured Some out. Some sacrificial <laughs> uh Carolyn, Julia and I are planning on... Uh, Caroline, I'm sorry. Julia and I are planning on doing a weekly podcast yeah. after each episode. And then we're going to... So- Everyone in New analysis. Jersey don't murder people and have Caroline need to defend you. <laughs> really screw with our schedule. Yeah. This is actually a good time in my field to have Game of Thrones airing, but that's... Yeah? Yeah. Uh, probably not in mine, particularly. 
No, not at all. <sighs> uh, but yeah, so check back. We'll we'll have more of a game plan. I'm going to do some kind of essay roundup post so you can like understand what we've been talking about this whole time if you want to get into our coverage of it. Ah, I think that's enough on Game of Thrones, don't you? Can we yes. talk about something really good? Yes, let's talk about some a really, really good movie. What's that, Gretchen? Black Panther. Oh, wow. What about it? Uh, well, it was nominated for a lot of Oscars, including Best Picture. And it's apparently the first superhero movie to do this, which is yep. not shocking, but like, this is a really good movie full stop. Yeah, it really is. And yep. it, but it's not at all Oscar baity. So no. I'm not sure how that will shake out, but, but it's, it's perfectly paced. The yeah. stakes are there. The, there's tight character arcs. I just like, this is a contender for a best picture just by the definition of like what a picture right. should be, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like, the balance of, like, drama and humor, it's, it's like, an all-around really, really good movie. Like, I would recommend it to people who might not even enjoy superhero movies. The superhero mm. aspect of it almost seemed incidental. It yeah. was strange. Yeah, it's like the superhero movie Wrath of Khan. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> hmm. Uh, speaking of superheroes, Disney Plus, that streaming service we've all been asking for, uh, will have a, a Lady Seif TV series. Oh my gosh. She's my favorite person ever. I mean, I love Jamie Alexander, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm like, sure she's great. But at this point, it's a demand. Like, is anyone asking for this over, say, like a Valkyrie series? I don't know. I mean, not that I really want a Valkyrie series because I'd rather she was in movies if we I, I had to pick one or right. the other. But I'm just. Was well, this going to be live action? Yeah. Uh, I'm just like for some reason I imagine. What is Lady Steve going to be doing? Where is she? You know, being not like other girls, but apparently exactly like them. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't even know where she physically <laughs> is right now. <laughs> like, isn't she like dead either on the? planet or on the spaceship right, carrying uh, all the refugees but we didn't see she somewhere her else or killed in the snap yeah or maybe she isn't dead we know that for a fact so no. maybe she's with her and she'll have a spin-off maybe can it be like maybe. um lars of the stars and that's just like what lady Seif does oh my now. gosh <laughs> she's like a space pirate now okay but that i, the, I could maybe get into that <laughs> I could get into a Lars Space spinoff pirates. as a result of that too, but oh, I absolutely could get into a Lars spinoff. All right, um, another TV show that is happening to us is the <laughs> <laughs> it's the L Word sequel, which was ordered to Showtime. Oh my god! Okay, um, I never watched oh, the L Word, but apparently it was important to a lot of people. So <sighs> hooray, I guess. Like, yeah, it was important. Um, it also one hundred percent does not hold up. At all. Yeah. No? Oh, Why it's not? like biphobic and there's really, oh. really bad writing when it comes to the trans character that it had. Like, it's just, oh. it does not hold up. I mean, I don't want to. Well, maybe this will. Yeah, I, I don't want to be too harsh because like it was 2004 yeah. to 2009, I think it aired and things like legitimately are a lot different now. Uh, but it, it's just really painful to go back and look at it and be like, I watched all of this. Why? <laughs> I mean, it was the only thing on, really, yeah. at the time. <laughs> I don't know. I never watched it either. The Simpsons was on. It, it, was, it was compulsory viewing material for, for anyone. It, it's kind of like what Orange, in the, Orange is the New Black became a little bit. 
Like mm, if you, yeah, I stopped watching. If that. you were a lady dating other ladies, you had to consume this so you could talk about it, and then okay. have opinions on who killed Jenny Schechter. Because oh who gosh. did kill Jenny Schechter? That's missing the point. <laughs> I mean, it was bet, but it's still missing the point. Okay, but it was one hundred percent bet. I, I, I don't, don't even know, know why Jenny people Schechter think there's is. ambiguity there. Anyway, yeah. But the real question is, who sent the foot pad to kill Bran? <laughs> oh my gosh. Little fingered? Isn't that what the show did? <laughs> I have no idea. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> um, okay, what Chaos is a ladder. We already, I think, talked that a reboot of Rosewell Roswell Roswell. Roswell. Sorry, I mistyped it. Is coming. Um but apparently But it's called Roswell, comma, New Mexico. <laughs> it is called Roswell, New Mexico. Comma New and Mexico. It's, it's yeah. male lead is bisexual. Yeah, which I think is, I mean, cool. One, it's pretty cool because I feel like we don't have a lot of bi male leads. We don't have um, a lot of bi males, period, in media. Like, I, right. I, yeah. yeah Daryl. Like, much uh. less as, like, the romantic lead. Um, and also he's an alien, so there's a part of it that's like, well, yeah, duh. Like, well, yeah, of course. I mean, all aliens and pirates are bisexual, let's yes. state it otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, duh. So it's nice yeah. to be like, oh, right. Of course, like, the alien is bi, right? Yeah. Of course, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's good, that. like kind of wedge, right? If you want to break into the mainstream with a bi male protagonist, make him an alien, right? Works. I don't know about the other aliens because there are. Well, three. they're aliens. We had this discussion. So clearly, they are. They just haven't yes. been shown on screen that way yet. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I watched. I watched the original Roswell, and I will probably watch this one at some point. Apparently, it talks a lot about immigration and. Um, because it's near the border, and so okay. it like tackles. It it could be really good. Like it, it all depends on the writing, but that could be interesting. Right? Yeah. It's also where uh, Twilight came from. Right. Right. You yep. mentioned that. Yeah. Apparently. Um. So, Twilight is a fanfic of Roswell. Hey, guess what? So, what does that make Fifty Shades of Grey like in terms of the fanfic recursiveness? Exception. It's a fanfic Exception. of a fanfic. Yeah. But what about Fifty Shades of Grey fanfic? Is it just keeps going? What about Fifty Shades of Grey fanfic, fanfic that's all like the way down. crossover with Roswell? That completes the cycle. It'd okay. be, it'd be fixest. Hey, speaking of cyclical <laughs> nature of things, The Simpsons has been renewed for seasons 31 and 32. 31 and 32. This show is almost as old as I am. This show is older than I am. Oh my god. Good gravy. I hate it. I mean, that's the worst seasons of the Doctor Who, which is just wrong. Okay. Uh, Modern Family was also renewed, but for its last season. So it was basically renewed, canceled. Yep. Which. What did, what did, um, Sahar call it? Um, renanceled. Yeah. Which is a great yep. expression. <laughs> I mean, but like, other than The Simpsons, not a lot of shows, like, even want to go past five years anymore. No. Which I think is, like, a good thing 90% of the time, so. Right. Yeah, I prefer, like, the British way of doing it, where you just have, like... I like miniseries, yeah. A handful of, like, really good seasons, and then you're done. Like, cool, great. That's awesome. We set out and did what we wanted to do. Let's not get into the weird, you know, seventh season of The Office, because it was just bad. Or the fifth season of Babylon 5. Let's not discuss it at all. Or the fifth and final season of Fuller House that's coming. (laughs) Oh, there was a, um... It was that drawing of the horse where season one, season two, it's very detailed and it gets into this like weird cartoon by season seven. And I think it was supposed to apply to like all TV shows, but I looked at it and I was like, oh, Game of Thrones. Wow. Right. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Like the seventh season is just like a weird, like 
It's like a human head on a horse. Head with, yeah, yeah like a human head with a smiling face. So we're getting a little long on news. The last piece is that Bat Dad Affleck officially retired, no longer part of the DCEU, which I'm very sad. I liked Bat Dad. Uh, but he was recast and replaced by Scott Atkins. So Good looks for it. looks Both fine in the suit, you know. Yeah. It's Batman. Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I don't know why they're still making Batman, but sure, people like it. I don't know. DC can't really make movies, so... No. <laughs> you know. Wonder Woman is okay. Yeah. I like oh, Wonder yeah, Woman. I still need to watch that. <laughs> Gosh, you do. It's good. <gasps> On that note, we'll go into shows that I did watch, and they were very worth the time, Carmen San Diego. <laughs> fucking Jenny, I'm gonna fucking kill you. So, fun fact about me. When I was, like, five years old, I memorized all the countries and capitals in Europe. And then the Soviet Union broke up, like, a week later. I was so mad. But anyway, another thing that I did when I was a kid was I would have my dad play the Carmen Sando game with me, where I would take ten pawns from my chess set and have him, like, name places in the world, and I would put the pawns on the places, just like on the Carmen Sandiego TV show, game show thing. Did you ever watch the Carmen Sandiego TV show, game show thing? Of course. Yeah. Oh, my God. They They had wrapping clues in it. It was great. Yeah. By the time I was old enough to, uh, like, apply for it, it was already over, which broke my heart. But, oh, my God, I was so into that. Like, Carmen Sandiego taught me so much about geography, and now apparently a new generation will be totally nerdy like me and learn fun facts about different countries. Yeah. Because, oh my god, Carmen Zago is back. She has a brand new backstory. She's now like in her late teens slash early twenties. Her age was a little amorphous, but yeah. somewhere between 16 and 19 sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like I- an SJW thief. I love her. What I love about this is, like, I've been seeing, like, I feel like I saw people talking about how this exact show should be made, like, on Tumblr. Yeah. They were like, they should reboot Carmen San Diego, but she should be, like, stealing artifacts and returning them to their original cultures. Yeah. Wouldn't that be There's cool? Been this- and, I, and then they made the TV show, and I was like, oh, hey. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing Great. about Carmen Sandiego, even if you just played like the video games from the '90s, that was my introduction. Would Warren the Warren com- war- robot? He will be assisting in acquiring warrants. Yes, yes, the warrant yes. department, Freddy, Freddy the warrant robot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but Carmen has always been a bit of a weird villain. Like she's she usually in the canon is the founding member of Vile, the villains' international league of evil. And she steals really, like, sometimes she'll steal, you know... The recipe for kimchi. Right. She'll steal, like, concepts, like the steps of the tango, or she'll steal the Dome of the Rock, like, things that you cannot... Very David Copperfield-esque. And in a lot of the games, too, it ended up, like, you'd catch her, quote-unquote, and she'd be like, oh, no, I guess you'll have to take these priceless treasures and put them in a museum, but you'll never catch me... And it always just kind of became like, I don't think she's evil. She seems to just exist to teach us facts about the world and like draw attention to these lovely artifacts. Um, (laughs) that's her mission. Yeah. So, so I mean, I think her as a little bit of a like chaotic good. Good. Yeah. That was always a little bit there in the canon. And now it's just like, 
actually canonical. She's no longer a founder of Vile. She goes to Vile Academy. Yeah, she's like thief school. <laughs> but, but like it's the thief school where they spend all this time training you and then on your last day they tell you that they're evil. Well, because they said it was something something imports, luscious exports, whatever it stood yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. Is, Valuable imports, luscious exports yeah, or something And that's like what that. they said Vile stood for. And then you learn how to be a thief because it's yeah. important. And then on the last day, if you're a graduate, they're like, we're actually the villains international league of evil. Yeah. But, but like the, like the whole, it, it's like teaching you how to steal things, but like not explicitly even evil fashion, just like in a money way, I guess. But then like, <laughs> yep. you find out that they're actually like evil. The thing with Carmen is that she was the youngest attendee ever at the yeah. school. Because, because she was a vile foundling. Yeah, she was, like, adopted by vile faculty. She was, like, yeah, she was, like, found abandoned. In Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they, like, brought her to the island and, like, raised her. The island is in the Canary Islands. Yes. Which is off the coast of Africa. Yeah, and she doesn't know much <laughs> about her past. And she uh-huh. is she is canonically um, South American, which... Some Carmen San Diego games had her be like from Brazil, from Argentina. She's been from a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, other Carmen San Diego games said that she was from like Spain proper. So it's, it's always been a little up in the air, but I really like that in this reboot. Uh, like she specifically was found in Buenos Aires and they talk about it a lot. Yep. I do enjoy that she comes up with her name because she yes. like <laughs> sees random words in a hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a label. And it said it was, like, made in San Diego. She's like, I'm Carmen yeah. San Diego. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, she finds out the truth. She She's not allowed to graduate from the academy because, because of the twist. samurai pocket, uh, pick, pickpocket, pickpocket yeah. teacher guy blocks her. Yeah, He's, he like, like, the yeah. snape of this story. Yeah, he, um... She was supposed to steal a dollar from his jacket and he never put one in it. Yeah. Yeah, because he thinks she's too immature that she, like, pulls pranks and... Well, that's the stated reason at the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the stated reason is because she's too immature. Anyway, so she goes and, like, sees a vile mission herself and then it's like, oh, they're evil. I don't like that at all. (laughs) So she ends up, like... that's basically what happens. Yeah, she she yep. breaks out of the island. She steals their hard drive that has like their leads for their nefarious crimes or whatever, and then she decides she's going to use her thieving skills yeah. for good. And like she's made internet friends with this guy named called Claire. Claire. I love it. He's he's like this like twelve year old boy who lives in a basement and hacks all day. Right. He's like the he's like the per- kid playing the games. Yeah, he's yeah. Played when you play a Carmen San Diego game. Yes, he was player. Yeah. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. Yes. And he also, she, she also picked up from somewhere. It's never really explained. These two Bostonian siblings. Zach and Ivy, who have basis in some of the video games. Oh, too. do they? They were always really, okay. really annoying, but they're delightful because they have that like Boston accent. And yeah. Just, well, they're kind yeah. of like, like it's implied that they're also thieves and she like kind of took them under her wing. Yeah. Because they, like, really need help because they're just, I don't know, like, half the time I find them charming and half the time I'm just like, oh, my God, the show would be much better if they weren't here. I think they're hilarious. <laughs> but, like, uh what's-his-face? Zach really doesn't like fish. It's, like, his one real personality trait. Yeah, I guess that's fair. 
Um, and yeah, it's just them, you know, pulling these heists. And what's great is that they, they stop the show dead to give you facts about the countries. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Yeah. It's so awkward and so like 90s TV show, Carmen San Diego. Yeah, it's great. Where player will just all of a sudden be like, did you know Indonesia grows a lot of rice? Like, okay. Didn't um, know that. Did you know that the Komodo dragons live there and they can grow up to 10 feet long? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, there's also, like, uh, I lost my chair of that. I'm sorry. Oh, oh what okay. about her, like, vague love interest, the Australian guy? Oh. Chase? No. No, Chase Stefanio is the, fr- is the French Interpol guy. Oh, yeah, he's the French guy. Uh, Crackle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, he's possibly a sleeper agent, because he, like, failed a mission, and they, like, might, it was, like, dollhouse him. Doll yeah. Housed him. yeah. <laughs> and so now he's just a humble electrician at the Sydney Opera House again. And she might have romantic feelings for him. She oh, might she definitely has like romantic feelings for him. I, I saw more potential with her and Jules, but whatever. You, okay, like, like Jules is she's very serious. Yeah, no. So there's a uh, there's like also Jules. Jules Argent and Chase Devonio. And Chase Devonio is just a fucking idiot. And yes, Jules Argent is just like very like yeah, she's the penny to his. Inspector Gadget. And he's See, and yeah. I was thinking he reminds me a lot of Clouseau. <laughs> like he's got like some Inspector Clouseau oh, yeah. like vibes totally. to him too. Especially with the like exaggerated French accent. Yeah. Like, where in the world are you, Carmen? Yeah, well like he's, he's just, like he's They're both from Interpol and then they end up getting recruited by Acne, Acne. to um and Acne find is Carmen, I guess. This like one world government like thing that investigates Vile, but they're still not convinced that Vile exists. Well, yeah, Vile's a shadow operation. Yeah, yeah, and so is Acne. So they recruit them to investigate something that doesn't exist, but uh, Chase Devonio has this, like, one-track mind that everything bad is Carmen Sandiego's doing, and Jules is like, no, I don't think this could have been Carmen's work. This is not her M.O. Because Carmen always, like, gives them what they want at the end. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, that's, and that's like, the show. Vile, remember that episode where they wanted to, like, destroy all the rice in Indonesia so they can sell their bad-tasting fake rice? Yeah, yeah, Vile is so, just So, like, they're evil bad. capitalists or something yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the antagonist of the show is capitalism. Yeah. Yep. Cause it's, that's exactly what it it's is. It's always just Vile's, like, shady business practices. Like, they want to be the first ones to launch their whatever rocket ship in space, and they're trying to, like, knock out their competition, basically. Yeah, the, like desecrate uluru to do it yeah exactly yeah um so what did you guys think of the show just in general i overall liked it there are a couple of elements that like i wanted to tweak a little bit um but not in a way that like detracted from my enjoyment um i didn't i did not enjoy that um the only there's only other one there's like only one other like female villain character and that she immediately has like a rivalry with Carmen. Yes, I'm. I'm glad you mentioned that. Oh because yeah, that That's was Tigress. That was a little annoying. Yeah, I was like, oh look, women are catty. And she's of course the two women in Vile who are in the same like year are going to be like. And she's catty very cookie cutter mean girl as well. Oh totally. Yeah, she's very like cookie cutter mean girl. Yep. Yeah, she was not very well written. Um. Well, just like that whole the whole dynamic with um, Crackle and Tigress and Carmen, like cut, like got under my skin a little bit with like, oh, of course, like 
the the other girl is mean and like so of course Carmen becomes friends with like the nice guy <laughs> on the team. You know, like it was just like if that felt a little bit too stereotypical. Yeah. I could see that. And like a like an but like again, not enough that I didn't enjoy the rest of the show. It was just like, eh, I wish they could have like I wish they would have swapped those. Like I swiss I wish that like Carmen would have been good friends with the other female character and have, like, a mean boy or, like, add another female on the team. Yeah. Like, have another, like, female villain character so that way it's less, like, oh, the only two women who are there <laughs> hate each other. Yeah, that that was not great. Um, But, yeah, overall, I thought it was good. I mean, there are, like, there's the bookkeeper which, who, like, was kind of ambiguous in terms of her alignment, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, Which she was she was fun because that was voiced by um Rita Moreno. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who was the original voice yeah, of Carmen San Diego? I did not realize that. Yeah, cook, cookie and there Booker. Was, cookie Booker. Yeah, Cookie Booker cuz she's cooking the books. <laughs> I love all the punny names. It's great. Yeah, wasn't but what it, um, I liked was like Wasn't it Graham Crackle? Yes, <laughs> Graham. Um yeah, Graham Crackle. Um but yeah, like what I liked about Cookie Booker was um she was the she's the person that Carmen gets her like outfit from yeah. her like the red hat and the fedora, which is another callback to like following in the original Carmen Sandiego's footsteps. And at one point, like Cookie actually says to Carmen, like, "Well, if you want to like follow, like she actually says at some point, like, well, if you want to follow my footsteps, like it's more lucrative, like white collar crime is more lucrative or something." Yeah. But you have this idea of like lineage of like almost like Shira, almost like in Shira where you have. Like a cameo by the original voice actor who's right. kind of like yeah. handing over the baton to the next generation of the reboot of the same show, which I just – I liked that. Yeah, I think what worked the best for me was like the tone of it. It was yep. – it, it kind of it was everything I wanted it to be where it was unabashed like children's entertainment blended with mm-hmm. a noir thriller. Yes. Yep. And I don't really know how they mixed those two, but they did. They totally did. Um, I also thought Gina Rodriguez was just really good as Carmen. I liked her delivery. Yep. I thought she was really nailed that uh, role. Um, there have been complaints that some of the research they did was actually pretty shoddy. Uh, in some parts, like when they covered uh, Indonesia and they're giving us facts about it, it seemed like they mixed up two cultures or like just blended them together. And or two yeah, Indonesian cultures. Yeah. And yeah, gave, like, yeah. broad brush facts as if it was, like, you know, the monolith Indonesia. Um, right. Which is, like... They seem to... Yeah. I think they seem to have confused, like, Java and Bali. Yeah. Which is, like, pretty inexcusable in 2019, I think, honestly, when you have yep. how many resources... You know, I'm not saying that there aren't constraints for this writer room. Like, net- Netflix shows don't have huge budgets, but this is... I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it was probably, like a, like, something they did... Like to simplify stuff that they like probably was not the right decision kids, to yeah. make. Yeah, probably not the right decision to make because no, Bali and Java are quite different. It's just it's just something <laughs> yeah. that like I hope there's a little bit of like advanced scrutiny as yeah. this show continues because there's I think there's a lot of potential, but you don't need to like yep. conflate things to make it understandable for children. You could just state things how they are. Right, and especially when it comes to the visual element, because that was there was a Twitter thread about that episode, mm-hmm. the one on Indonesia, where they were like, "This costume is from Bali, but they're in they're on Java." It's like, well, like no one would even if you. It takes very little effort to get it right. Yeah. It feels like as an audience member, exactly. like it takes little effort to get that right. 
And that's the kind of thing where, like, you're not even just giving facts. You are giving, like, visual background that people are just going to assume, like, oh, that's what it looks like. And if that's inaccurate, then, you know. Yeah. It's, le- it's less even, like, they're conflating facts and more just, like, they're giving, like, an incorrect, like, visual. Yeah. Which is like, weird because they obviously had to research the visuals that they used. Right. I'm just saying that that's, that's why I'm saying it's, it was probably a decision that they made, which was the wrong decision to make. Yeah, right. I would agree with that. I'm not sure if that makes it better or worse, but I don't think this was a matter of complete ignorance. Sloppiness. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was sloppiness because, like, you shouldn't do that. I do like right, what's but being, yeah, no, you're right. I, I will say I do like what's being set up with Carmen Sandiego. They're digging into her background. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. trying to sort through all that, figure it out. Um, I liked the twist at the end with the guy <laughs> who was on her side the whole time. Yeah. And his name style. I mean, I still have a bit of a, a soft spot for the coach though. Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, she did try I to have kill hope her, but. For her. Uh, we'll see what happens. That yeah. was pretty terrifying. It was pretty terrifying, but you know, if Snape could change, so can she. He actually made me think less of, I mean, I guess there's a Snape dynamic in that he's a teacher, but he yeah. made me think of Samurai Jack. Yeah, this is design. Oh, right. Yeah, especially his visual design. I mean, the show's in general have quite similar visual design. I actually really mm-hmm. liked this visual style too. Um, I was worried it was going to be a little more Dragon Prince-esque and I didn't like that animation very much. It, it looked like it was always missing frames somehow. I don't know what was up with that. But this was very, very stylistic in that Samurai mm-hmm. Jack kind of way. But I, I, felt, I just thought it really, really worked. I think so too. Yeah. Um, but I really like, I really liked Samurai Jack and I really liked how stylized that was. Same. So I was like predisposed to like this because it was similar. Yeah. Remember I, when I Carmen gets like- altitude sickness. What was that? <laughs> she gets altitude sickness. <laughs> I had altitude sickness once. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was all very good. I don't know. I'm just excited to see where it goes. I, I yeah. think it's, I think it's fun. Uh, it's definitely yeah. a nice homage to like all of the old video games and TV show. There are nods to pretty much everything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what do you like as a kid show? I think it's a, I think it's a great kid show. Yeah, I think so too. It's not you know the most depthy thing in the world for adults, but I'd rank uh, it right. in between Shira and Dragon Prince. I th- I mm. think there's more to it than Dragon Prince by a lot actually. Um, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not like it's not as well done as Shira, not as well done as Steven Universe. Certainly, I think it's kind of interesting that like even like a kid's show like this feels the need to have more of a, like, macro season-long structure. Like, you mm. know, when we were kids, you could pick up a show, like, in any episode and right. not lose yeah. a thing. And I just, like, that that's just not a thing anymore. <laughs> Shows no, like that just not. don't exist anymore. And I think that's interesting. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, there aren't a lot of, like, episodic I mean, it's episodic, shows. but there's still, like, you know, you'd have to have watched the previous episode to like right. really follow what's going on. Yeah, otherwise you'd be really confused when Graham Crackle shows up at the Sydney Opera. <laughs> Sydney <House>. Opera. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, the any opera closing thoughts Carmen. on Carmen San Diego before we talk about another kid, two other kid shows today? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's our kid show episode. <laughs> Every episode is a kid show episode. Something correction. new and different for us. I know it's true, <laughs> right? We're really branching out, you guys. Uh, um. Oh. Yeah, we like this show. You should watch it, yeah. everyone. I would say watch it. Yeah. Take it for but what it is. I recommend Remember, it. Bali is different from Java. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And second, I mean, like, just just go in understanding these are, like, the Milos of the world. <laughs> just saying. Speaking of which, Legend of Korra. Did you do that on purpose? No. <laughs> White collar crime is where the real money is. Thank you for the career advice. I will take it to heart. Well, the Legend of Korra comics have another installment coming in the Ruins of the Empire, which I think it's coming. The first part is like early May, late April. It's being released. So after Game of Thrones. <laughs> after <sighs> Game of Thrones season eight has started, but not yeah. after Game of Thrones season eight has ended. It will be a nice little palate cleanser in the middle. Oh Maybe. my gosh. Uh, so part one has its cover release, its preview pages are out, and it has a description, which is as follows. Korra must decide who to trust as the fate of the Earth Kingdom hangs in the balance. On the eve of its first election, the Earth Kingdom finds its future endangered by its past. Even as Kuvira stands trial for her crimes, vestiges of her imperial ambitions threaten to undermine the nation's democratic hopes. But when Korra, Asami, Mako, and Boleyn don't all see eye to eye as the solution, drastic measures will need to be taken to halt a new march to war. And just a little context, the preview pages are basically Kuvira, like, I know I messed up, but this trial isn't justice. They just want to see me humiliated. And what about all the good stuff I did? So she she kind of like confesses to everything she's on trial for, but then says, I'm not guilty. And then Su Yin comes and yells at her and is like, how could you do this? You're the worst. <laughs> and it was it's like absolutely perfect Su Yin scripting. She's just terrible. I love Su Yin so much. Uh, anyway, the news part of this, though, is that part two now has a cover image and a description that was also released, which is King's Woo- King Wu's dreams of peacefully transitioning the Earth Kingdom into a democracy are in danger when Commander Guan throws his political hat in the ring, hoping to subvert the new system from inside out. But playing fair was never part of his plan. Guan and Dr. Shang are using terrifying new technology to cement Guan's win. In a desperate attempt to save the Earth Kingdom from falling back into the dark days of conquest and empire, Korra and Kuvira convince an old friend to return and take the former commander on in the polls. But will it be enough? Kuvira's going to run for president? No. No, tough. It could be so yin. Oh, but if it's Toph, that would be fun. Okay, so, so Toph the, is amazing. The best thing in this cover is there's just, like, right in the middle, there's this, like, soldier guy in goggles kind of, like, holding his head, which made me think that this terrifying new technology is going to be some kind of mind ray. Wasn't that... That's Kuvira. That's Kuvira. Kuvira's holding the... It's a gas mask as well. It looks oh, like she's holding a gas yeah. mask. I thought that was, like, a random guy just holding his own head. No, she's just got strong eyebrows. That is what it looked like at first. No, Kylie, I know not Kylie. Oh, oh, Julia, oh, oh, I know oh. what you mean. Yeah, but it was just like some random head, like yeah. inserted. I thought it was like someone going, "Oh no, my brain! It's a mind ray." No, that was. No. I actually originally thought the same thing that, it, or that, like that that like helmet was disconnected yeah. from Kuvira. I did not realize I Kuvira thought- was holding that helmet. So yeah. Uh, what the heck is this going to be about? Because part I told two- you a mind ray. Part two doesn't seem to follow part one though. Like, what is this? Well, I'm guessing that Kuvira is going to get off then. Well, yeah. She has to somehow, like, be not eligible to be... stand for public office. Yeah. I just don't think she would want to or be allowed to, really. Um, but what's strange to me is that, like, 
Part one talks about how Kuvira is kind of undermining like a free and democratic earth kingdom because she yeah, has right. vestiges of her imperial ambitions, right? Yeah. But then here there's a Commander Guan who's also... I guess like, Commander Guan is like her right-hand man or whatever, who's not maybe, you, Do you think like maybe he's a Kuvira loyalist? That's yeah, my guess. something like that. Yeah, maybe. Yep. Uh, people are worried that this is going to be like a Kuvira redemption arc or like let's forgive Kuvira even though she was like, you know, a fascist. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, it's, it might be, it's, it's possible, honestly, because <laughs> I feel like yep. Mike would write a redemption arc for her and I don't know why. <laughs> right. That makes sense. What, okay. But what strikes me is I'm reading, especially reading the description of part two is I'm like, oh, so they're just recycling the plot from the first Korra comics. It's all about a presidential election and running for office. Julie, why, Julie's why? just going to slowly take over every country in each comic iteration. Oh my gosh, maybe maybe Julie is the old friend. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, just every single comic iteration, she'll just get tossed into part two to like run for the leader of something else, and she'll end yes. up like being the world czar or something. Yeah, Julie, Julie's going to be running everything, and she's going to like eventually. divorce Varric and then marry uh, the Fire Lord. Yes. Izumi? Yeah, it's just going to take over the Fire okay. Nation by marrying Izumi. That's my prediction. Oh my and it's just going to be like tossed in it, like in the second thing. Well, Izumi needs a new part, a new uh, consort. People be like, Julie! <laughs> She's doing so great with the Earth Kingdom in Republic City. I will say, though, the art looks so good in those preview oh, pages yes. of part one. Um, that's... Who's doing that? Michelle Wong, I think. But it just looks so good, so on model, and like, oh, I'm so happy. It's the weird part, though, is that like this part two description is very, very similar to Griffin's fanfic. (laughs) Like, he doesn't forgive Kuvira in any way, so it doesn't like branch into that territory. But it's not dissimilar to any of this, with someone trying to like subvert the system from within, and like Cor- and Kuvira needing to hold a gas mask specifically, like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe someone was inspired by it. Is that someone, Mike? Because maybe it's possible. Um, I'm excited that Toph is on the cover. I'm excited Toph's on the cover too with Sue. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that Sue could be described as an old friend to Kuvira because I think they hate each other. So maybe Toph really is going to be President Toph. I th- I would I would be delighted by President Toph mostly because I think she would be a terrible oh, president. Awful. I mean, Sue what about what if it's Batar Junior? Oh my gosh, I don't know if Batar Junior could be an old friend. Though. I don't think he has any qualifications. No, he doesn't. I, I'm very confused about how like democracy even like developed in this universe you know like you wrote an entire fanfic about about it i tried to make sense of it yeah like so like like how how did like 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 what was the equivalent of the french revolution in this universe like my my um (laughs) is there a civil society at all there were governors in the Earth Kingdom, so I kind of went with the idea that in some provinces, these governors were chosen by the governors were chosen by the people. Yeah, so it kind of like started with that very regional, like democratic elections, oh, right. and then that that's sort sense. of, and that's sort of what they modeled it off. You know, in the democracy they built in six 
months. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, like, in the Fire Nation, there. they have some kind of, like, representative aspect. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I went pretty wild with my door and head cannons. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, that was... <laughs> Let's not even discuss that, but just like, I can, I can, I can see that kind of developing, like, some kind of Duma. It's, it's just so strange because, you know, my big concern, I don't think Mike necessarily knows how to write for this medium, and Turf Wars <laughs> definitely didn't make me think that, and the thing with Turf Wars was like, whatever was set up, didn't lead into what followed, and the resolution didn't tie back to any of it. So, right. here, we're seeing a setup on these preview pages, and the setup is that Kuvira is saying she's not guilty, and the gang is going to fall on different sides, maybe, of how they view this. And that's, and, like, Kuvira is still, like, existing in this world would threaten setting up a democracy, which is true. She was an, em- she was an emperor. Of course yeah. that would. Yep. Yep. Um, and I, I like the idea, too, because I actually think Koronasami could fall on opposite sides, and I'd like to see them have a fight about something of substance. Mm, yeah. Um, but then part two is kind of throwing all that out the window, is what it sounds like, because of Commander Guan. <laughs> what is this? Right. Why? Well, because it, like, it almost, again, I haven't read any of it, but it almost feels like this is set up, like this is... The premise is set up to give Kuvira a redemption arc. Yeah, right. And the way to do that is to find a common enemy. So, do you think Kuvira is a good figure to redeem? I mean, it would be a very Avatar thing to do. Right. But- I guess, but in my books, there's no going back on the whole labor camp thing. Yeah. There's also no going back on the fact that the labor camps were like a throwaway line. <laughs> Well, no, right, we, like, we saw we saw people in them. Berlin interacted with them. They were thrown in there because they weren't of Earth Kingdom right. citizenship. Yeah, but it was so right. like I don't I don't know like I don't think they thought out like the logistics of the whole thing through very well. She rounded up anyone without Earth Kingdom lineage and put them yeah. in camps. That's what we found out. Right, and that's why I think like in the hands of a different team, I could see it potentially working. Yeah. I'm not sure that Mike has the capability to do it in a way that does that that honestly recognizes the horrible thing she did. Yeah. No offense to Mike. I'm just not sure that he's going to be like to actually grapple with like the real implications of what went on. And like I do think that Mike and Brian were going for more of a Mal parallel with Kuvira when they wrote her, but mm. at this point in our time in our society right now, when you listen to her language, it's like fashy. There's no, yeah. there's no denying yep. that. Yep. And I just think this isn't like a good time to really try and let's revisit that because she had some good intentions, you know? Right. Right. And especially like looking at the cover of part two, like the gas mask looks, I mean, it's very German looking. Like World War Two, yeah, German gas masks. So, like, I feel like they're not unaware of the fascist implications. They can't be unaware, given the design that they're going for. Like, it, it's very like Nazi adjacent. Yeah, and those models were used in Book Four with her soldiers. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. straight where that came from. You're absolutely right, and I agree with you. Um. I don't know. I, I just think in Mike's hands, this isn't going to be delicately handled. That's what I think. And I, no. I'm worried that we're going to get... It's, it can't be worse than... North and South? 
North and South, where Jean was like, eh, imperialism. Ashmaker's a slur. <laughs> or or the or like the casual like Nazi implications in Turf Wars about how like the Fire Nation just like casually rounded oh, up yeah, yeah, yeah. queer people and like they were just shoved did- in concentration camps. We never find out what happens to them. <laughs> Not worth addressing. Or even, like, deal with it again. It's just, like, a thing. It's just background. Like, why? Oh, gosh. Oh, God. I don't want to reopen that one. But, yeah, I am just I just have a lot of concerns about this comic. And it's a shame because I had been nothing but excited after seeing part one. The preview pages, right. I mean. So we'll find out more when it's released in April. And part two, I guess, would be, like, six months after that. So October. Is um, it only going to be two parts? No, it's three parts. It's three it's 370 pages like the turf voice had been okay but i don't know i guess i was like hoping that mike suddenly became a different writer than he was (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe this is just a misleading summary maybe yeah i don't know or maybe it'll end with president toff and it'll all be worth it speaking of fashy apology oh my gosh you give metal benders a bad name So yeah, let's let's talk about Steven Universe, guys. Um, yes, yes. I mean, okay. So let let's get that out of the way. Let's talk about why. Uh, full spoilers, n- by the way. <sighs> yeah, full spoilers for for the most recent Steven Universe episodes. Let's let's get our thoughts about whether or not this is fascist apology out of the way, so we can talk about some other things. Do we want like to quickly sum up what happened? Sure. Okay, let's start after he gets to Homeworld and White is all like, oh, Starshine or whatever she calls him. Yeah, Yeah, go to your room. And then Steven's in his room and he meets the Pebbles. That Rose made. Yeah, Yeah, there's there's these little creatures that that help her. Yeah, they're like little, like, like they're kind of like the mice in Cinderella. And yeah, they're kind of like that. And that's when he dresses up in the pink diamond getup, right? Right. Well, like he meets, he meets with yellow and he meets with blue yeah. and he hears stories about how they used to be a happy family and that like pink diamonds role was like to, she played the role of the like kind of like mediator in terms of like, let's, let's be happy. Let's have fun. Um, basically she played the role that Steven played when we first met him in the first season of Steven universe was like all the other gems thought that he was, like, immature and didn't think that he could, like, handle responsibility and didn't think that he could join them. And that was kind of what Pink Pink's, like, relationship with the other diamonds was, like, they all thought of her as a child. I wonder if there was cat fingers. I mean, maybe. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, so he, like, realizes just how familiar the dynamic feels between, like, himself and the other diamonds because it reminds him of his dynamic with the gems in back in season one. So he decides he wants to throw a ball. He wa- he needs to convince White to like help him heal all the gems on Earth. Yeah, that's that's why he went to home. That's his goal. Yeah, yeah. And so he decides to throw a party because that's what Pink Diamond used to do. Was like <laughs> she was in charge of throwing balls. Um, I just realized the implication of that Kylie. Sorry, <laughs> you just realized that? Yeah, just um, feasts and uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, feasts and frolics. Yeah, she was in charge of feasts and frolics <laughs> and. She was Ariane. But, like, there, there's all these, like, rules about this ball, which basically means that, like, all you do is sit there. 
Oh, you and can sit diamonds. there and Jim's like say how great you are. Yeah. Yeah. And then they yeah, dance, like but you may not dance. Only they may dance. Yeah, yeah the only diamond, the gems dance. The diamonds can't dance. Yeah. The diamonds can't but dance. But the best is like the planning meeting with the uh pearls. <laughs> Where like the blue, oh, yeah. blue pearl is just like, I'd like to draw. <laughs> yeah, well, well, White doesn't even show up to this party. Right? Yeah. No, she, no, she doesn't come. She's She stays in her tower. Um, But while Steven is there, he decides he wants to dance with his pet with Connie. Connie. <laughs> Yeah, they they refer to Connie as his pet, and then they fuse yeah. into Stevani, and then Garnet. Oh, that was one of the stipulations was that like Garnet couldn't come, like Ruby and Sapphire could come, yeah. but Garnet couldn't come. And uh, Amethyst had to wear lumen enhancers, which she enjoyed. So that she would be like the appropriate size, yeah, for a quartz. And so, yeah, they fuse, then Garnet fuses to defend them, and then there are these other two gems from the court who fuse, who are like, I knew I wasn't alone. Oh and my it's god, really precious. that was, yeah, that was a little intense for me. Uh, um, yeah, and then didn't, um, Stevani is sent to her room. I was gonna say, didn't also their room. Pearl and uh, Amethyst fuse into Opal just to, like, show solidarity? I thought they did. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Right, and then the diamonds poof them all. Um, poof all of the gems and so that they can get a new design, which is basically what that was. Um, I love it when they do that. I mean, it was like Lapis and, and Paradox yeah. was like, oh, they got poofed so that they could get their stars and, and have a new design. Their new design was 100% based so on, amazing. it was based on Gurren Lagann and like Kamina specifically, like Peridot had his glasses and Lapis had his pants. Like it wasn't even <laughs> subtle what they did with that. No, it was great. And then Garnet um, had uh, Simone's glasses from the end of that too. It, and this this whole right. sequence like aped on Gurren Lagann in terms of them like fusing to make everything bigger. But yeah, I'm sorry. That's- I have no idea what you're talking about. It's just an anime. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, like Stevani is sent to their room. And Steven decides he needs to go back to Earth to request help from everyone. So he does his like <gasps> oh. astral projection dream thing. Watermelon yeah, Steven. Watermelon, so oh. watermelon Steven. That was so like, God, that poor little watermelon went through a lot. That episode upset me so much. Yeah, he goes to Earth as like he's beamed into the body of a watermelon Steven and he just like has so much trouble getting off this island and going back and finding basically bismuth who he's trying to ask for help yeah uh and like because he has you know a watermelon body and he can't talk he can't talk and he doesn't have fingers so and he like loses like loses limbs and like oh gosh it's emotional like, and so much shark. foreshadowing yeah oh it's um, so sad but finally he he gets there and he communicates with uh, his dad and Bismuth and just says, like, we need backup. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, then then backup arrives. <laughs> no, first, like, uh, no, like, what happens is that, like, White, he's talking to White. Oh, right. No, like, no, what happens first? Oh, my gosh. First is that, like, he talks to Blue and Yellow and they start talking about White and how White is, like, this extremely emotionally distant like abusive mom basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like just like the family dynamic has gotten extremely unhealthy basically as white has gotten more and more kind of withdrawn and rigid 
And I believe Steven's just advocating for them to like talk to her about it. Yeah, they, like right. all he wants, like he, like he's convinced that if he could just talk to White, everything would be okay. Right, right. So he like he convinces Blue to help him, like or no, he gives up. He decides he like he to go back to Earth. Yeah, that he like that he can't. He, like Blue decides no to help her. him escape. Yeah. yeah, that there's no convincing White, and Blue decides to like help him, like go back to Earth and. He also communicate like blue eventually understands that like he goes by Steven now and yeah. he's not pink. Um, and then blue helps him sneak out and then they run into yellow in one of the most like dramatic. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's so great. Um, and then they run into yellow and then yellow and blue start fighting with each other. Yeah. It's like everyone is fighting and yeah, that's like when they start trashing the place. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, Yellow is telling Blue that she weaponizes her emotions, and Blue is telling Yellow that she, like, you know, has this, like, I have to be perfect, but has a lot of anger that she, like, holds up inside. Like, they call out each other's emotional weaknesses. <laughs> and it's, like, two parents fighting. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, they eventually, like... When did when does backup arrive? Does backup arrive well, they, then? They, they well, because the whole they, thing that they want to do is they want to get like to like the face on the white ship so they can talk to white. Well, they were originally going to escape on the legs. I'm right, pretty yeah, sure white has the ships all snapped together. So then they're like, the only right. thing we can do is talk to white. So it's this like, yeah. big struggle to get up on this giant spaceship. Backup arrives in the form of Bismuth, Peridot, and Lapis to help with this. Um... Uh, th- Blue and yellow decide that they are going to try and talk to white. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven, uh, I, I, they're, they're like all falling at one point. Steven fuses with uh, Amethyst while she's still reforming. Wasn't that what happened? No, he uses like he like convinces them to come out of their like to like reform right. and then they fuse. Right. Um, and that's like his way of like helping them to like come out of their, you know, to, like, reform themselves. We get to see a new Rainbow Quartz, Rainbow Quartz 2.0, yeah. mm-hmm. who, in my mind, is, like, a mashup between Mary Poppins and the 13th Doctor. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it's delightful. Um, we get to meet what the fusion of Stephen and Garnet is, and it's Sunstone, and Sunstone is, like... Super cool. Exactly what I would expect of a fusion of Stephen <laughs> yeah. and Garnet. Like, fourth wall breaking, like... Hey kids, don't do drugs. Like <laughs> it's like the equivalent of what Sunstone is. And then and it's great. We also meet the fusion of Stephen Garnet, Amethyst, and uh, all Pearl. of them. Yeah, yeah. Obsidian and Obsidian is the most metal as fuck fusion I've, I've ever seen in my life. Like the scene where like she makes where they sorry they where like they make the sword like. They pull out the hilt and then like the big giant mouth opens in their head and they stick the hilt in there and like yeah. pull a sword out like molten lava, like pull a sword out of their head was just like, oh God, I love it. And the sword was- looked exactly like a great flame blade from Breath of the Wild, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I like screamed at that scene. It was great. Yeah. Anyway, they all like eventually get in the head. Like there's no, there's no other way to put this. There's yeah. just a big struggle to get into the head. And then yeah. at one po- at one point, blue and yellow are using their the arms their arm ships to like fight. Yeah. The 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 head and leg ship, man, it's great. 
Um, the diamonds are literally fighting themselves, literally and metaphorically fighting themselves. Yeah. So they all get in there. White does the thing where she kind of turns everyone into like a white zombie that just mind controls. Yeah. That just, yeah like, well, basically, yeah, they try to talk to white and it doesn't quite work because white can't accept that like this isn't pink just playing a prank or something. Right. Like, right. She can't accept that that pink is now Steven. Mm-hmm. And we learn that she, like, her big flaw is perfectionism. That, like, she's basically weaponizing her perfectionism and believes that, like, she has to be perfect. And if society isn't perfect, then there's, like, that's the worst possible thing. And that's why she uses mind control. Like, she mind controls as soon as, like, the diamonds start showing any kind of, like, behavior that she doesn't believe is perfect. She, like, mind controls them. And it's super mm-hmm. creepy. Oh, like, no, it's like, yeah, they all turn, like, completely white. Yep. Like, she whitewashes them. Yeah. 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 And, and they, they just, when she talks, they talk. It's just weird. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then she kills Steven. Well, basically. She, she removes the gem from his human body. Yeah. Which would kill human Steven. Yeah. yeah. And so, she, yeah, she like pulls his diamond out of his belly button. And it is also horrifying. <laughs> just the horror all around. Yeah. The whole it's thing really is just like, terrible. Horrific. Like that whole sequence is like, wow, this is this is intense. Especially when you think about like the first episode of the show was like Steven thought that eating ice cream sandwiches gave him powers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now like a diamond is literally like ripping him apart. Yeah. Like separates his human and diamond self. Because she th- because White believes that if that, like, the real pink diamond is, like, hiding inside would of re- Steven. would reform, yeah. Yeah. And would reform if she separated the gem from his human body. Yeah. But, but instead we get gem Steven. Yeah. A little pink gem. Yeah. Pink Steven. And he, like. gem self. He fuses with his human body again. Yeah. Oh, that whole. <clears throat> the, yeah, like, whole and we're not doing this justice beautiful. even a little bit. Like, no, but we're trying. We're trying to be con- concise, which we're not being at all. No. Uh, well, <laughs> welcome to us. Yeah. No. They they fuse together. He goes, "Oh, it's me all the time." So he kind of like reconciles that, and then you know that shakes White to her core because her understanding of how things work doesn't make sense. Yeah. Is that what? Then, is that when we find out that White Diamond is actually um, White? White Pearl is actually Pink Pearl. Yeah. Well, yeah. when White, um. White tells Steven that he's behaving childish and needs to stop. Yeah. And she's and he says, like, well, I am a child. What's your excuse? Yeah. And that embarrasses her, and that's when she blushes. Which is like a callback to the pilot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. So she and when she blushes, she yeah. realize like she becomes off color. Yeah. She's now no longer perfect because she's displayed a character flaw, which in her mind I think is emotion. Yeah, because she had this whole monologue about like White being pure. Yeah, because, yeah. like, the color in colored diamonds comes from, like, an impurity, Flaws. basically. Like, they call it impurity. Yeah. So that, that, that um, was interesting. So, yeah, she becomes off color, and then all of the – so, like, her mind control stuff, she stops all of it. Yeah. She stops using her power to mind control everyone, and that's – yeah. We get it confirmed that, that white pearl is pink pearl. Yep. I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone called that. Yeah. Um, and so she agrees to go help them on Earth. 
and they go back to Earth, and there's, like, the concluding sequence is, like, they go back to Earth, and they... They resolve everything. <laughs> they heal all the corrupted gems. Yeah. Jasper is there. Centipedal. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Centipedal. I had so many feelings about Centipedal. Um, and a bunch of new gems that we've never seen before. The Heaven and Earth Beetle gems from Giant Woman episode. Yeah. Are there, and they are kissing, so they're girlfriends, they're wives, they're married. <laughs> um... Hmm. And how did, yeah, how did that, then, like how do gems even know about male pronouns? They probably don't. But like the diamonds were calling Stephen he the whole time, like that wasn't an issue. Oh, they call him she. Do they? Yeah. Huh. Because there's a scene where well, like Blue actually says like she prefers to be called Stephen. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they call, they refer to Stephen using female pronouns throughout. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Anyway, then they all sit together. On a beat uh, in Rose's like healing pool. Yeah, they're all just like having a pool party. Um, yeah, and then Stephen Jasper's writes there. a new. Yep, Stephen writes a song at the end. Um, mm-hmm. and apparently it's a song that Rebecca Sugar wrote when she was arguing for um the Garnet wedding. Yeah, like she talked about it in an interview that like she actually wasn't planning on putting that song in the TV show. It was like a song she yeah, wrote she's for just herself. Writing it, yeah, writing it. To express, like, how she was feeling when she was trying to push through the Garnet wedding. Yeah. Um, and that, that's it. I mean, this is, like, not a fast recap, but we're, we're doing our best here. I mean, it's, I mean, it was it's a lot. Universe, There's so, so much. Was, like, a lot. Everything is, like, kind of conveyed. Not necessarily through words. Right. All right. So the first topic that we want to talk about was, is this fascism apology? Because, you know, within a span of five minutes... Yeah, she's White's going from like brain controlling everyone and killing Steven to like sitting in Rose's pool having healed everything. Yeah. Helping to heal. But, like what do yeah. you do like when your mom is a fascist? <laughs> you know, like your actual mom. <sighs> well, and that's that's the thing, yeah. is like I don't think this dealt with society. And I I mean, and, and that I think is part, probably part of the criticism that people are saying yeah. is like, well, this didn't deal at all with like the colonialist and fascist implications of the gem society. And my response is, well, yeah. Keep watching. How do you keep watching? Like there are still, the show still has at least like three or four more seasons and there's a movie. Like there, Rebecca couldn't have wrapped all of that up in one episode and i think even if she had it would have been so poorly done it wouldn't have been worth it like sugar and the universe are people who do things a step at a time and like they and and i think maybe you could criticize them for like they tried to have both a societal problem as well as like a family problem all kind of wrapped up together so like i think the criticism that one could make is they combined a story of family dysfunction with the story of like societal like oppression and maybe that was combining too much but like if but the thing is when you do that when you have like overlapping problems like that you can only do one thing at a time in my opinion like that's just how you do things in a storytelling medium you can't like solve all of it at once and my impression at least was like Okay, so she's going to start with – they're going to start with solving the family dysfunction or, like, beginning to heal the family dysfunction. And it's through healing the family dysfunction that they're eventually going to transform society. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's, that's what it seems like to me. There's also the argument that like, this is kind of demonstrating, oh, just talk to your abuser. But no, that's not really what happened at all. Mm -mm. He did talk to his abuser and that didn't work. Like she killed him. What ended up happening was that her own logic was exposed to be flawed. And this has been throughout the run of the entire series, the undoing Mm -hmm. of gems. Like something breaks out of their very, very structured way of thinking and suddenly it doesn't work. Like that's why Peridot fell away from Homeworld because White Diamond showed, or uh, Yellow Diamond, sorry, showed irrationality. Yeah. And she's like, well, this can't be. You're supposed to know everything because you're a diamond, but you're being irrational. So therefore you're a clod. And then she <laughs> became right. a crystal jump from that. Um, this is, this is not the strangest thing in the world. Uh, Mm-mm. so, you know, <clears throat> I think this actually demonstrated like, yeah, even, even trying to talk to someone with this level of power who's done this much harm, even if that's your first inclination, which is not a bad inclination to have. Like, yeah, it might no. not actually be effective. It might not resolve the way you want it to. Right. Right. Cause see, like Steven, like the party didn't work. Pretty much everything Steven tried to convince White didn't work. Like, cause it wasn't just like he tried the first time and he fixed it. It was like he tried multiple different avenues to try and convince her to help. Yeah. And, and, and like they didn't work. It wasn't until, yeah, he exposed her thinking is flawed. Yeah. Um, it's kind and, of it, and, almost exactly what like Peridot's thing with yep. Yellow. Like Peridot's like, all I need to do is talk to Yellow and everything will be fine. And yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and that's 100% what it is. And it's like noted that it the path to that was Steven's self-actualization and like being assured of who he was. Right. So the message, at least to me, the message coming out of these episodes is authenticity. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, that's what that, that ending of that song, that, that ending song that Steven sings, like, I don't need you to respect me. I respect me. I don't need you to love me. I love me. But I want you to know that you can know me if you change your mind. Like, that's the whole point. Yeah. Is like, <laughs> I am assured of myself. I love and respect myself. I don't need anything from you. But if you want to know me as a person, like, I'm open to that. But you have to change your mind. Yeah. Like, you have to be willing to accept me for who I am. And then we can have a relationship. And to me, that's the opposite of apology. Yeah, that, that's definitely how I read it too. I think viscerally, some of it might have been difficult to watch, depending right. on certain like backgrounds. Yeah, but that's fair. And and I will admit too, it felt rushed it of did. White Diamond getting to Earth, like it did. Yep. Yeah, and it was the, the whole thing was just like it's kind of like if this was the series finale, it would be like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> did they think they were canceled? Well, when they, when these episodes would have been written, it was before they were renewed. Yeah. Okay. So that's why. Cause they, they had to like. Yeah. Also, but like the think- whole thing about the corrupted gems, that's been like the overarching plot of the entire series so far. And, and that got wrapped up in, they, you know, yeah, two they solved montage. it. They solved it. They're all taking yeah. a bath, having a pool party. Like, I, I do see something a little bit unsatisfying about it, but at yeah. the same time, I also think the. But like in the, the way worst- that, like, you know, a series finale that you only had half a series, a uh, half a season to get to. Right, and that, right, I think right, a big like, issue with that is Cartoon Network's terrible scheduling of the show. Ugh. And, like, you're going to get five episodes dropped here, you're going to get ten dropped here. And, like, there's no consistency. And how do you honestly pace a season or yeah. pace a series with those, uh, you know, background I issues? mean, I-, I want to know what's going through their brain. Right, especially, Ugh. like, how do you pace that, especially when you don't know if you're going to get more episodes? Yeah, right. ever. Because so, I feel like I feel like if they had known that they were renewed, this would have played out differently. 
I agree. That's just, but that's my impression. I 100% that, like, this agree. was the, like, oh, shit, we might not get any more seasons. We need to wrap this up. So, okay, I guess this is what we're doing. I guess we have to wrap it up. But I also think that that, like, I think there's definitely room to do more. Well, of course there is, but it would, it's, it's kind of like. Stuff. And, yeah, because that's another criticism that's common is that, well, the story's over. Yeah. Like, it's not, though. I mean, it's not necessarily, but, like. Well, it could be like that's my thing. Like it how could, many like, countries? Yeah, or, uh, worlds. I mean, of course, it's not over. Right. Yeah, there's like gem technology on other planets that they could deal with. And, like probably um, being corrupted for six thousand years uh, affects you in ways. Right. I mean, like all of these gems that, like, yeah, they might be happy now that they have their forms back, but they're still damaged. Yeah. In this, in like, in the psychological sense. Like, yeah, look at they're Lapis all basically, alone. right, exactly. Like, they're all in a, like, in a position where, like, Lapis was when we first meet her. So, who know? And, like, do any of them want, like, the gems went back to Homeworld, but, like, do all of these corrupted gems, maybe they want to go back to Homeworld too. Maybe they don't. We don't know where they want to go. And what's Homeworld going to look like now too? Is there going to be that systemic critique? Because yeah. if white, right. if white can be off color, the entire system collapses. Right? And the, and the, these, this entire system literally just saw their leaders fighting with each other publicly. Yeah. Like, that's gonna do some damage to, like, their perception of their government. If they see all the, like, diamonds literally fighting each other. And if anything, I actually think that one flaw can bring down the system is more a condemnation of fascism because there's <laughs> right? no substance behind it. That's exactly how this goes, where it's like, mm-hmm. You can't, you basically have to like keep the public afraid and that's what feeds, but there's no actual substance to the policies and no actual basis in a reality. So right. Cause yeah, yeah, all of the oppression of the off colors is based on the assumption that you have to be perfect. And if your leader, like the leader of the whole thing, if white diamond can be publicly imperfect, then none of that. Like, there's no basis for that system to exist anymore. Yeah. So to me, there's a lot of directions this can go. Although I do mm-hmm. agree with you, Julia, that, like, it felt finite in a way that yeah. if there yep. were no more episodes, we'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, oh, that, right. that was an arc. That was a story. Yeah. It had a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, and there's still Lars. We've got Lars and all the <laughs> off colors. Lars and Sadie's reuniting. So good. And then, like, the moment where we see, like, Lapis on the beach and you remember her song where she talks about, like, maybe I'll find myself on some distant shore and maybe I'm not alone. And you're like, look at you on the beach and you're not alone anymore. <laughs> yes, I'm you, you're on that very literal shore that you were looking at. <laughs> Delaware. I know. <laughs> I know. I just, like, this is – I had so many emotions watching this, like – so many feelings in so many different ways. Like, I just, the show makes me so emotional. Yeah. And it, it just it rewards me. that too, I think. Yes. Which is what right. I'm doesn't it, about it. And it doesn't feel exploitative. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel like my emotions are exploited. Like, no. it feels very cathartic to watch yeah. it. No, um, I mean, it's really moving. You could say, oh, the stakes are low because you know everything is going to be fine because it's a kid's show, but I don't really see oh, an gosh. issue with that. <laughs> no. No, I don't see an issue. I with mean, that. that's like saying that, the stakes are low in like Hillary Mantel because you know that Ed Boleyn is going to die at the end. <laughs> like, okay, I guess. Well, that, and that's part of what I don't. Part of what I struggle with with the criticism of like of the show 
wanting to have redemption arcs for all of its antagonists is this is a children's show and Rebecca Sugar has been, I think, fairly clear in the run of the show that, like, this is about being hopeful. Yeah. Like, remember Peridot when we first meet her? Right. Remember Peridot when we first meet her? Right? Like, <laughs> like remember that extended opening where she was, like, this scary looming figure? <laughs> it's just, it's also not popular to say, but I really liked their their Thanksgiving episode with the Trump voter. Like, I did too. I thought it was appropriate yeah. for the time, understanding that you're prepping kids to sit down at a dinner table with someone who's driven by a lot of fear of the unknown and lack of understanding. You're, you're not, you can't really arm kids to like be punching their racist uncles. You need to find a way to like open paths of communication and empathy. And right. I thought it did that well, given the target audience, given the timing, and given the platform being a literal Thanksgiving dinner. Yep. So I agree. And that, I mean, that's the overarching message of the show is that the way we, ju- like, change comes from empathy and compassion coupled with self-assurance. Like, that you, that you are, con- that you love yourself and are confident in yourself and who you are while still creating space for if other people are willing to change, they can meet you where you are. Yeah. Right. And it, like, it's like be true to yourself and don't burn bridges. That's basically right. the thesis yeah. of the show. No, that's a great way. Yeah. That's the perfect summary. And, and to my mind, like that, I don't know. I guess that may not be compelling to people, but like, I find that personally really compelling that like, right. Because, these people are my family and I may not want to burn bridges with my family, even if they're terrible. Like I, because maybe I believe that they're all evil overlords of entire planets. Yes. Right. And if, and I think that's a fair, like it is fair for that to not be compelling. I think. Oh, um, totally. Especially in the case of fair. white diamond. I think that that right. is kind of like on that line. Right. Yeah. I think the um, uncle at Thanksgiving is quite a bit different than white diamond. Right. And I, and I think that what is important for me when I like interact with the people who disagree is to, is to highlight how even people who come from like abusive backgrounds are going to differ in how they receive a, a show that basically talks about abusive families and dysfunctional families. Yeah. Like, cause I see a lot of people who say like, well, my family's abusive and I find this problematic. I'm like, that's totally fair. Like I come from an abusive home too. And I find this really compelling. Like, and one's the, background doesn't necessarily determine how you receive the show, and necessarily. The, and I also think that, like, your view on this portrayal isn't fixed either. Like, mm-hmm. relationships to how you conceive of your family and anything you went through, like, that that's not a fixed point in time, you no. know? You're going to go yep. through different stages. Right. Yeah, because there probably are times in my, like, evolving view of my relationship to my family and specific members of my family that I, if I had watched this, I would have been like, I would have been angry. Totally. And it's just ha- so happens that now I'm not because I am at a different point in that process. So. Yeah. I mean, I definitely do hear the discomfort on the Absolutely. other side. I want 100%. It's just, yeah. I, I happen to find this more compelling for where I'm at and what yeah. I think the central theme is. Right. And as the show says, I think the important spot is that for those of us who do disagree, at least be willing to like listen to and understand where the person's coming from. 
that's almost what Steven Universe is all about. Hey! <laughs> all right. That's a good note. Right to, that's a good note to leave things off, I think, then. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening to us for like an hour and a half blathering <laughs> and trying very poorly to sum things up. Uh, you should also swing by thefandamentals.com where we have regular articles, news reviews, three other podcasts, you know, whatever. I think some video content now also, which that that is just a realm I, I don't think I can never get into, but it's great. Uh, you can also consider supporting us at Fundamentals Plus for $3 a month. There's a link from our homepage. Or if you like this podcast, uh, give us a rating and a review in whatever app you're watching it on. And of course, tell your friends all about it and how fantastic it is. I did want to say just a couple words about our last episode. We had gotten a little um, pushback to what we had talked about. We're basically, we're not trying to say there shouldn't be space made for gay actors in Hollywood that definitely wasn't what that takeaway uh, was supposed to be but more in our opinion when we're looking at reforming Hollywood and making it less homophobic to us that doesn't mean gating gay roles to gay actors less so than it means examining the tropes used when writing LGBT characters and getting more and more voices represented in a writer's room Right. Um, so and they're not, yeah. And they're not mutually exclusive. No. That's just the path that we are, find more compelling. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so ho- hopefully that's clear. Uh, you know, I'm sorry if there had been any confusion about that to anyone. Uh, I, I guess that's about it. So we'll be back for another podcast at some point in the future <laughs> with no. I guess we're just going to call this a date. pop-up podcast now, which is a term that I, uh, I think it kind of has to be. So season four will launch at some point. (laughs) We're only like four episodes into like season three. I know. know. We'll we'll be in like 2022 for season four. Oh my gosh. All right. Thank you everyone so much for listening. And the three of us will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye everybody. Goodbye. Respect me, I respect me. I don't need you to love me, I love me. But I want you to know you could know me if you change your mind. If you change your mind. If you change your mind. Change your mind.